Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Hello people, Dave Fensom here, coming at you from the Pop Collaborating Listen Twat Cave. I've got the boy Waffles dog on my feet, reminding me that he has not been out yet. Uh, here to bring you the introduction for our latest episode. Today we're talking about Sleeping With The Past by Elton John. Uh, I want to say a massive thank you for everyone that got in touch with us after last week's episode. Uh, the New Kids on the Block one, we had a lot of great feedback on that one. Uh, people seem to be really enjoying that one. We certainly really enjoyed making it, so uh, it was a gift that kept on giving. If you're not all singing, stay with me baby, uh, in your minds, and I don't think we've done our job properly uh keep watching our facebook channel there's a few good bits and pieces up there uh nice little videos that krista put together as ever this podcast is brought to you by on the edge comedy on the edge comedy is brighton's best new act new material night taking place on the first and third fridays of every month we always bring you a professional headliner and a superb supporting cast of uh, four or five of the uh, best new upcoming acts we also get professional acts dropping in to try out new material in the past we've had people like joe wilkinson angela barnes Sean McLaughlin uh, loads of people that we, you'll have seen from TV uh, it's uh, yeah it's a great great night so come down only £6 to get in if you're in the Brighton area or if you're down for a weekend do give us a shout it's a lot of fun all the time tickets are available on we got tickets or Eventbrite. also want to mention that we've got a spotify channel a spotify channel is pcl podcast on there we keep our playlist all of the best songs that we're getting from these albums as we're going uh, we're having a lot of fun putting them together you'll hear us mentioned do uh, follow that playlist have a listen along to it hear some of the stuff that we've had to suffer along with uh, yeah it really makes a difference to us if you if you hit follow on that it just lets us know that people are interacting and listening uh, we're also going to put up some other playlists as we go obviously we put up a playlist every week for each episode so if you want to listen along to some of the songs you know go along and do that uh we would thoroughly recommend it in most cases i mean absolutely not with that fleetwood mac episode though terrible record don't listen to it it will give you some kind of ear i don't know i, I want to say something not offensive but all the best diseases are quite offensive aren't they anyway with no further ado uh please enjoy this episode find out what i think about elton john and uh we will see you again next week bye <laughs> Episode 8 of Pop Collaborate and Listen, the podcast where we listen to every single number one UK album of the 1990s and review them. Why do we do it? I don't know, some kind of congenital calcium deficiency, I don't know. I'm here as ever with my faithful co-host, Mr. Chris DeGreer. Hello Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing alright man, I'm pulling through. Well, yeah, we should probably point out that this is the first one we've done after New Year. Yeah. And uh, so this is, there's been a lot of partying uh, the last couple of weeks. I'm feeling pretty jaded, bro. Yeah. I'm sure that whatever we've got lined up here is going to be the perfect tonic oh, for definitely. all that kind of hedonism. Snuck us right out of it. Yeah. What's this week's album, Christopher? This week we are looking at Elton John's Sleeping With The Past. 
Okay. I'll be honest with you. I don't have a huge relationship with Elton John. I've, I'm aware of the big hits. Mm-hmm. I have always like kind of been like, okay, I'm not that aware of a lot of the kind of the 70 stuff, the kind of the more credible stuff. Right, sure. Obviously, I'm aware of uh, and love that scene in Almost Famous where they sing uh, Tiny Dancer. Tiny Dancer. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, but to be honest with you, the, the hits that were around when I grew up, I wasn't a massive fan of. Uh, I don't mind I'm still standing quite like Passengers. I think it's probably the, the latest stuff, the 90s stuff that oh, I okay. heard right, sure. that I wasn't as bothered by. So I can't, I can't say I, I'm a massive fan. I've just kind of not got, I've always kind of presumed that there's some great stuff out there that I haven't heard. Right. So I'm, I'm really hoping that this is, you know, hoping this going in this record, it's going to kind of change my mind. mind. Okay, yeah. sure. I would say, you know, I'll admit I don't have Elton John albums from yeah. the 70s that I listen to, but I know virtually all of the big hits from yeah. them, and I think they are fantastic. I okay. really do. I think some of the songwriting is incredible. Mm-hmm. I think some of those those tunes are brilliant. I happily, happily put them on compilations and play them. I, I you know, I put Rocket Man, for example, or Goodbye Yellow Brick Road on a couple of compilations. Yeah. I think they're absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So I suspect I'm more kind of predisposed to liking Unheard Elton John than you're going to be because I've got yeah. a base. Okay. I'm trying to go in at this as open-minded as, as I can. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I, I guess, I, I suppose we should start as we always do with the uh, with the album cover. Sure, yeah, the artwork on this one. Got it here on the lovingly purchased vinyl that you've yeah. picked up. In surprisingly decent nick as well. I got this, you know, second hand off Discogs for a pound or whatever it is, but uh, it's not, like, completely ruined or uh, uh, ripped and torn on. It's in decent condition. There you go, pound fifty's worth of Elton John. I lucky man. Yeah, so, I mean, we're back in familiar territory for a 90s album here, aren't we? Well, it does seem that way, yes. Close-up black and white face shot. Yeah. He's uh, he's, he's sleeping. Well, indeed. The album is called Sleeping With A Past, so he's gone very literal. Yeah, and he's sleeping, and you can see his watch there, just to... (laughs) The past. To signify the passing of time. This album, we should point out, was actually released in 1989. Yes. Uh, It didn't make number one until 1990, which is why we're covering it, but... This was recorded in 88 mm-hmm. and released in 89. So it's 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 an 80s album. Yeah. It's not a 90s album. And he'd fallen out of favour mm. uh, from from the record company, especially to a, a large extent through the 80s. He had a few flops. Yeah. And so I suspect they weren't spending a lot of money on album design. And I don't know if he's deliberately trying to be serious Elton John because he's obviously known for being flamboyant and colourful and wearing insane outfits. Yeah. Uh, but in this one, it's a black and white, um, very subdued image of him. So I don't know if he's trying to move towards a different image. Well, it looks like he's being played in a film of himself by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, it does, actually. There you go. Um, and timing-wise, like I say, this was released in eighty nine. And it didn't do very well. Uh, it, it didn't hit with uh, any of his fans particularly. And the reason that it charted in 1990, and the period we're looking at is the from the 22nd of July to 25th of August, mm-hmm. 1990 was number one. So it was five weeks at number one. But it wasn't until then because of the re-release of the double A side, Sacrifice and Healing Hands. Yep. So it took a long time for it to uh, come into its own. But here we are in 19... But Sacrifice was enormous, wasn't it? It was huge. I mean, obviously, with this on the record, we'll talk about yeah, it when yeah. we get to it, but it was, it was enormous. I remember that song being everywhere. Absolutely, exactly. So it's, it's hardly a surprise that the album got a boost. It is a bit of a surprise that it got the only boost it did 
uh, nine months later, or whatever yeah. it was after release. And it was uh, it was his first UK number one for some time, wasn't it? It was it's his highest selling studio album in the UK. It right. went three times platinum. Yeah, three times platinum. Now, and that's you know that's mm. again as we say quite often that's when platinum actually meant something. Well, quite other bits I, I picked up just in terms of how big Elton John is because it, it, five seven. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, when we're looking at artists that we've done on previous podcasts, the only one that comes close is Phil Collins in sure. terms of how big an influence on pop music he is yeah. and how many records he sold. Elton John apparently is the biggest pop-selling act of the 70s. Wow. Just, apparently he's just the biggest, whatever way they're measuring that. Um, and has sold more albums in the US and UK than any other British male singer. Surely ever sold more records than he did. Well, the thing is, he he released eight albums between 1969 and 1974 or five. Okay. Ava didn't have that prodigious an output. They probably sold more, yeah. Uh, each one maybe, but back in the early seventies, Elton John was just chucking them out at least one a year and going to number one every time. Fair enough, man. You're a stats man. I'll, oh, I'll, no, no. I'll defer to you. Yeah, it's his twenty second studio album. Which is, you know, a fair feat. That's a, yeah. that's a long career already by this point. It's also the first uh, album since 1975's Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy, which is entirely written by only Elton John and Bernie Taupin. Right, okay. Uh, the, all the rest in between had had other collaborators. This is the first one where it's just back to those two doing right. everything. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I think that's pretty much everything mm-hmm. I've got. To say about this one before we get started, really? I don't know what to expect from this one, really. I mm-hmm. mean, all I know is last week we listened to New Kids on the Block. Yes. And yes. I'm fairly sure going into this, there certainly wouldn't be a uh, a big cod reggae number. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, you wouldn't expect that from someone like Elton John, would you? No, absolutely not. So what's the first track called? First track. Well, funnily enough, it's called Durban Deep. And how does it start, Christopher? Let's uh, listen. Jesus Christ, stop it. <laughs> It's a fucking dub reggae song. Apparently so. Crystal, why is it a dub reggae song? I can't answer that for you. I do not know. Right, look. We never talk to each other before these records, do we? Yeah, no, we, 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 we try and make it as absolutely unscripted or anything as possible. But we saw each other like the weekend mm-hmm. or last week or whenever it was. And you literally had to turn around to me and go, look, don't worry about the first song. <laughs> it's an outlier. Because you knew how it was going to make me react. Uh, especially after the stuff we talked about with New Kids. Yeah, fuck me. And then whenever I was going, oh God, the first thing Dave's going to hear on this album is another... Why record. can't white people leave reggae alone? <laughs> you know what his real name is as well? This is lessons, This is like Re- Reggie's reggae. Yeah. <laughs> Dub Reggie. God, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Reginald Dwight. Fantastic. Reginald, reggae Dwight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking leave it alone, Dwight. Anyway, right, sorry, I've, I shouldn't have cut you off there. We'll play a little bit more of it, but it is just just as you'd expect. Here we go. Yeah, at least he's not doing the voice. Well, no, okay, he's got one up on the new kids from for that. Or has he? I'm sure I'd have loved to have heard his attempt at some patois, but he at least had the sense not to do it. I mean, you say he had the sense not to do it. This is a bizarre song in more than that it's a reggae song. I mean, 
It's written from a, a storytelling perspective, mm-hmm. isn't it? It is. And somehow, between him and Bernie Taupin, they've cast Elton John in the role of a South African coal miner. Yeah. I mean, that's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, the boy from Pinner. Yeah, Joey. Sex. So I, I would go as far as to say that he's the least convincing coal miner <laughs> since Zoolander. <laughs> It's it's a very, very strange conceit. I mean, why? No idea. And and like I said, none of the rest of the album is like this. So it's not like they've decided to do a reggae album or a variety of different uh, reggae influences in each one. No, this is the only one. I do believe that if this had have been a reggae album, the last podcast would have been the last podcast. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. I, I could, I you could, can do it. I, I don't think I could have made it through 45 minutes of this. Fair enough, really. I mean, do you see any redeeming features in this song? I don't mind it. I'll go fuck no, yourself. I, honestly, I, I think the chorus is quite catchy. How? That little descending, the dun, 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 dun. What is wrong with you? But the thing is, right, I don't like reggae. I think reggae is <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it as a genre. It bores me. So maybe Elton John's take on reggae is my gateway. Oh, my God. <laughs> maybe yeah, this is what oh, I needed. No, this is going to be a long hour. <laughs> um, You've I, lost your mind. Uh, very possibly. This is... I, I, I've written it, I've written it out of... Out of everything we've listened to so far, and this is the eighth, obviously the eighth podcast, yeah. but this is the worst track one of anything we've listened to by a margin. Well, this is the other thing. I don't understand why he's on a reggae song. It makes no sense. But the other thing is, why do you put it to track one? I mean, the only reason I can think of is because you're Elton John and you're a cantankerous prick and no one tells you what to do. That was entirely possible. And you're on an awful lot of drugs at this point. This was the last album he made before he went into rehab. Oh, I mean, what, White Man Makes a Reggae Album goes into rehab? No mm. shit. Yeah, yeah, fuck it up. But this is it. You know, had he put it as track 10, the last one on the album, you go, oh, this is bizarre, but it's an experiment he threw in at the end. It's the one that he, the record company let him get away with. Do you reckon this is a gateway drug into when he started wearing all the tracksuits? At least he didn't change his name to Elton Lion. Oh, I wish he had. I do as well. I wish he had. No, this was, that's true, um, Dwight Lion. <laughs> Dwight Parr. <laughs> Dwight Parr. <laughs> He's part of the old Dwight. Oh, fuck um, sake. Fuck it. Right. Oh, no, this, this is probably was this is around the time when uh, Elton John decided he was no longer going to wear uh, just regular blue denim trousers. Uh, he was going to go all out on the, the flamboyant stuff. Right. But yeah, it was goodbye normal jeans. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, Jesus. Jesus Christ! Right, yeah, no, this is this is this is awful. This is not a good song. I think there's a redeeming catchiness to it somewhere, but it's a bad example of a song. No, I say it's a bad example of a sound. Yes, well, it's it's a mistake. He should not do that song. Yeah, he, he can't do it well. I say, well, I don't give a fuck. I don't like the song. Yeah, but um, it sounds alien and out of his comfort zone yeah. entirely. For your first track, you put this on. Oh, Elton John, I know him. Yeah, great. I, I loved. That's why they call it the blues. Or uh, you know, well, brilliant. Yeah. I'm still standing. It's just come out. Oh, well, this is UB40, except worse. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's hard to do. Oh, it is awful. Okay, so a big thumbs down from me, tentative thumbs up. Uh, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say thumbs up. Thumbs midway I, through I, up and down? I didn't hate it. It took me totally by surprise. I didn't expect it. Mm. And I'm very glad he doesn't do it again on the album. But it, it didn't offend me in the way that it, I thought it might do. I'm flabbergasted. I don't know you anymore. I, I have a feeling you're going to be surprised at some of my responses. Oh, fucking Right. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. we just have to go through it. Okay. So tra- track two. <laughs> track Pe- two. Okay. Peeling hands. Yes. So this was the first single. It was originally released in April '89, just after the album first came out. Right. But it did fuck all. It peaked at 45 in the charts. Right. Didn't got nowhere at all. And so it was re-released uh, in June of 1990 as a double A side with Sacrifice. Yeah. And that's why we're now talking about this album because we've got another one. Um, it was re-released apparently uh, quite a lot in part because Steve Wright at Radio 1 started playing both of those on his radio show. Okay. And he had enough sway that people demanded it to be able to play this. So, chuck a bit of this in. Yeah. Phil Holly drums. Yeah. Elton Piano. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Power chord. Love it. Plinky Plinky. Now this is what I think of as an Eddie Johnson. This classic album. Absolutely. This song is absolutely fine to me until Mm -hmm. it gets to the chorus. Oh yeah? And then massive chorus. Yeah, big key change chorus Yeah, big key change chorus. Mm -hmm. Really, really like the chorus in this. It's, uh, you know, it's it's like, okay, yeah, I can imagine kind of singing along to this, being in a venue, hearing that live. Yeah, exactly. Really powerful. Everything's like very precisely in its place. It's very, very, very well written. Mm -hmm. And then after it goes around for the course first time, the next time around, you've got that really rousing bridge with the kind of the the kind of the syncopated vocal that rises Uh up with that. And that's really, really nice as well. Yeah, gospel choir in the background. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've got all of that stuff going on. And he's talking about, you know, he's talking about love's healing hands. Yes. But I was like, okay, I don't think you're talking about an individual. You're talking about the concept of love here, maybe. Yeah, I would would, say. Love and redemption. Is love a woman? That's what I'm saying. Or is, is love Princess Diana? Who knows? Oh, maybe. You know, and given, obviously, we know what it goes on to do later, it's certainly got a bit of musical theatre about it, this song. Definitely. You, yeah, you this can is, imagine this at a musical. It's part oh, of musical. straight away. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I draw a kind of interesting comparison with some of this, and we'll probably get onto some of this later. But whereas. Queen, for example, have got stadium rock songs mm-hmm. that you can see being translated into a musical for, like, We Will Rock here. Yeah, sure. Okay. And you can imagine both working on both contexts. Yes. But you imagine that the stadium rock is the authentic experience. And I kind of feel with this stuff, it's almost the other way around. It almost feels like that some of this songwriting is pulling in the direction of wanting to be in that musical theatre. Maybe so. I'm, I'm, he hadn't even dabbled at that point, had he? he hadn't. And the only thing I can think of musical was he had that bit part in Tommy singing Pinball Wizard, but he hadn't written stuff at that no. point, I don't think. No. But yeah, maybe he was starting to put his mind in that direction. Yeah, but, well, yeah so yeah, track two, I, I like this one. Yeah, um, the video, because obviously they made that video for this as a single, he's in the guise of a preacher. Uh, right. And there's lots of symbolic imagery, it's all black and white as well, like, very similar to the album cover. Um, images of people at war, um, baptisms in, in rivers, newborn babies, arms reaching out of the ground and resurrection, this sort of stuff. Right. Uh, and so the, the healing hands, like you say, it's probably find yourself 
someone to love or someone who loves you yeah. and, and make yourself better and be a better person. Yeah. But it, it can also be if you are in trouble or if you are in need, yeah. find the help you need, that sort of stuff. And, you know, who knows as well. He was, like we say, in the depths of addiction at this time, so perhaps it's a yeah a, a cry for... I mean, not a cry for help, but... Uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff on this record that seems to be about, like, kind of failures of relationships and yeah. going back, so... I mean, I don't really know Elton's relationship history. I know he's obviously... How long has he been with his husband for? Um, Mid-90s, I think. Okay, so it's it predates that. Obviously, quite a few of these songs are written, you know, obviously with, where there's kind of romantic vocals, it's, it's kind of directed and written at, at women. Yes. Yeah, um, so I was thinking, okay, is Elton in the closet at this point? But no, he's no, not. No, he wasn't. But perhaps that's that's what you do when you sell a million records is you you, you gloss over whatever. Well, I, I mean, I think maybe in the in the early 90s that's what you yeah. and that's what you did. But yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, I just I just thought it was I thought it was quite interesting that someone of his status was still needing you know, to kind of be in that place, but oh, you know, yeah. I guess, you know, the world the world has changed a lot. Well, indeed. And the other thing is I suppose well, actually, this might make, make him more determined to be out and proud, but it was also just after the Sun newspaper had done a load of stories about him. Right. Uh, in like, 87, they seemed to pick a vendetta against Elton John, yeah. and uh, by 89, apparently, they had to print a front-page apology after 17 uh, legal writs were wow. put in about just completely fake stories. But at the time, the Sun was also putting stories in their paper. In '87, they ran a promotion offering gay men one-way tickets to Norway if they left the country for good, with the, wow. head, the headline "Fly away, gays, and we will pay." Fucking hell! Yeah. Now I didn't know this at the time, but when I was looking into Elton John's stuff with the Sun, this was all around at the Fuck same me. time. Is that true? Apparently so. That's just oh my god! Unbelievable! Unbelievable! And they were talking about. Uh, Gay priests and uh, the headlines like the puffs in the pulpit, this sort of shit. Man. Yeah. So and and they were they were going after Elton Hardcore at this point, saying that he was involved with Rent Boys and totally uh, going overboard about his sexuality. So maybe he's just well, well fuck, I can't be bothered to dealing with that. Just put our records glossing over the whole thing. But maybe not. I don't know. But he was he was in the middle of that. He was in the middle of that sort of turmoil. Yeah. And he was in the middle of the drugs. Who knows what Yeah, I, I mean, it is easy in here, 2019, to sit kind of glibly in liberal Brighton. Yeah. And see what the world's like now and forget, actually. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, good, good one. Enjoy yeah. that. Uh, shall, we, shall we play just a little bit of the chorus? Because it's yeah, good yeah. fun. You gotta wait into the water. You gotta up here. It's a good key change, big, happy, glorious chorus. Oh, I'm dying to like this voice, though. Oh, really? Oh, God, I'm dying to like this voice. Okay. I have no issues with his voice at all. Don't mind it whatsoever. Um, again, this was, I think, maybe the album after, or two albums after, he had to have um, surgery on his vocal cords. Yeah. And so he couldn't hit the high notes as, as he could before. Mm-hmm. A lot of this is in the lower register. And perhaps... In that kind of big chorus, maybe it's a bit more strained as well. It's not, it's not even straining, it's the... Oh, oh yeah, okay. It's the garbled syllables. Yeah. It's like... It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I mean, it's... Like Creed. Oh, mate, it's, it is. It's, it's like... There's just something about that. And I think that's a problem for me. I see. It's a ticking point. 
Yeah, and right. I mean, let's have a listen to track three, Whispers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whispers was sort of a single. It was the B side of the follow up to the double A side. So it was kind of just chucked on for yeah. whatever. So here's Whispers. Low key B. Yep. Yeah, we're in the ballad territory. Just horrible, like major key piano. But yeah, this doesn't do it for me at all. Oh, I'm just remembering this vocal in this. I can see where you're going to be going. Well, I literally wrote, like, God, I hate his voice here. Right. I don't care for that. And lyrically, I think whether the subject matter is, you know, always particularly up my street or not, I mm-hmm. don't know. But it is at least lyrically interesting. He does, mm-hmm. he do, he does use an interesting turn of phrase first. But this kind of whispering whispers thing. Yeah. So what the fuck are you on about, dickhead? I think this is a bit wanky. Uh, I'm not a fan of this one. I think the lyrics are like, Whispers, whispers, whispering, whispers, whispers, something like that. It's like, yeah. that's not a chorus. No. Yeah, you're just it's, saying whispers. Whispering, whispers, you know. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's, uh, this seems to be about going back to a bad relationship because the sex is good. Right. I didn't pick up on that. That's what yeah, I, that's, you know, like maybe, you know, the kind of the whispers are the, are the kind of the, okay, it's going to be all right this time. And oh, you know okay. in your mind that it's not, but you go back and it's like, okay, well... I'm back here again. I shouldn't be here. And obviously this record's called Sleeping with the Past. Yeah, so yeah. that theme kind of echoes a couple of times yeah, through this. Um, oh, God, and yeah. And then halfway through this again, we're, going, we're straight back into uh, the Christian's territory because the Roachford bass starts coming out. Oh, there's a bit of bass in there. Yeah. Let's have a fucking Roachford bass. Let's see. With your whisper. There we go. Whisper, whisper. The other thing about this song is it's five and a half minutes long and th- th- there's only really one verse and then that chorus. Yeah. And those are done at two minutes. That's literally all there is oh, in this yeah, song. Oh, yeah, just wanders he around. Th- he then repeats it a little bit and does a lot, says whispers a lot for about another two minutes. The outro, which is just... Uh, a a gradual fade out is a minute and a half long. Mm-hmm. This is a ridiculously overly long song for no reason. Yeah, yes. I mean, Healing Hands is half, five and a half minutes, and it doesn't need to be either. I mean, at least it's no, doing I mean, all, all of the songs on this record are too long. Yeah, it doesn't. But at least it's it's it made. There's another verse that he hadn't done before. This is just a repeat of the first two minutes. Yeah, and it's, it's it, that that bugs me about this. I don't like that. Track four, Club at the End of the Street. Yes, this is also. A single. This was the single that Whispers was the B-side too. Great. So. That's proper 80s. Mate, this is... This sounds to me like... Right, you walk into a kind of a slightly kicked cocktail bar. Uh-huh. And there's like some kind of... Some uh, musicians behind the counter. It's not behind the counter, behind the bar. They're slightly too old for it. Mm-hmm. They're but they're still kind of clinging on to it. They're playing a bomb tempi organ and yeah. they're singing the song. Someone's wearing a blue t 
tuxedo, right? That's what this is to me, son. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, you're in a bad cocktail bar with a kitchen peel. Like, you're drinking that, think it's funny, the people who run there think it's serious. Mm -hmm. That's where you are, there's a lot of mirrors, and there's this dude playing with content. Gotcha, okay, yeah. This is something something he's wearing. Right, it is uh, a strange one. Um, I can see what he's going for. I can see where he's aiming. He's, mm-hmm. he's trying to write a song that from that sounds like the, the songs he loved in his youth. You know, you look. Uh, was it was it Percy Sledge who had the song about the dark end of the streets? Yeah, uh, but, it's, uh, it's something like that. Yeah, because that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. He, he references in here Otis Redding and Marvin Gaye he does, in yeah, the lyrics yeah, of this yeah. song, right? But, and yeah. so you hear it, and then you kind of put those with what I've written down here as dog shit do what backup <laughs> trumpets, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and you go, okay, this is what you're trying to do here. You're trying to go for some kind of classic mm-hmm. kind of soul, and you can hear it in the structure of the song to mm-hmm. agree. Yeah, right? yeah. But it's so, I mean, it's just really clinically put together, right? Right. The synths are terrible in it. Uh, like, the the structure of it is so familiar that it kind of almost becomes anonymous. Okay. Right? Uh-huh. Uh, like, nothing on this record sounds like a real instrument. It's been... The way it's been produced has sanitised everything mm-hmm. out of it. Where And this, to me, is it's where someone who is talking about how well-crafted a song is, right? Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the thing that, I, you know, oh, it's really well-crafted. It's really well-crafted. Do you know what? Fucking song can be as well-crafted as you like. It doesn't mean it's good, right? Totally, absolutely. Right? You know, that's the that fade-out between art and crafts. This, this is a song where he captured everything about the mathematics of it. And absolutely none of the stuff that I love about all those old songs. The kind of, you know, the, the, like the, the, it's the warmth and the impurities and just the kind of the way those records are put together. And it's the mm. kind of the grit in the vocal and it's the warmth in the vocal and it's the tone on the bass. And it, right. it, you know, it's all of those things that make those old tunes sound so good. There's just a kind of a magic about the way everything sounds. It's it's all of it. Yeah, Yeah. I'm fucking right. That's the thing, you know. You know, it is the soul of those songs. And this song hasn't got any soul. Whenever they were writing this album, uh, Bernie Taupin and Elton John, they decided that it was a conscious effort. They wanted to write an album that did hark back to the soul songs of their youth. They wanted to, to write songs that sounded like The Drifters or The Four Tops or whatever it is. And this is what they've done here. Like you say, they've got all the bits in place. Yeah. But it doesn't have the the feel and the, the love in it. If that's what they were trying for with this album, I'm going to say that they spectacularly failed. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think this is a song with no good, an album with no good songs on it. As mm-hmm. I say, I think, you know, I think... Yeah, Healing Hands. Yeah, you know, Healing Hands already we've talked about. There are, and there's other stuff on here that, that's, that's fine, but mm-hmm. in terms of capturing that and I don't think they got anywhere close to no, it did they what I think they've they've got what I think they have done they've aimed for recreating songs from the 60s let's say but they sound like an 80s karaoke version of uh, a, a band yeah. in, in an 80s studio mm-hmm. re-recording those songs yeah um, they, they're too clean they sound like you know, you know, you think, for example, you know, Hall and Oates were trying to do a lot of this stuff yeah. as well, this sort of thing. Um, even Simply Red, you know, they all sound like eighties bands yeah. doing a version of a sixties song. They don't sound like sixties bands doing soul songs. No, and so that's what I think they've aimed for it and they've done that. But I think that's probably all they could do. Well, 
Okay, you say that. I mean, whatever it is, all I can tell you is I don't fucking like it. No, that's fair enough, mate. That's fair enough. Um, I mean, the other thing that uh, I would compare it to when I read up uh, that they did the same thing was whenever Billy Joel in the early 80s did his Innocent Man album. Yeah. I mean, that was his love letter to the 60s soul songs that he, he grew up with. And this is this is Elton and Bernie Tolkien's version yeah, of Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't... I have a similar, similar relationship with, with uh, Billy Joel that I do to Elton John, although... I lean more towards the Billy Joel stuff that I like. JFK! Blown away! <laughs> well, that's, that's just a massive tune. <laughs> it's a fucking terrible tune, but I love it. Yeah. Um, this one, so Club of the Industry, um, it was number one in Denmark for two weeks as a single, and is still one of his biggest hits in Denmark. Yeah. There you go. That's what Denmark thinks Elton John should be. There you go, mate. I'm sure there's a wonderful statue made of Lego of him in the square somewhere. Yeah, there you go. But here's the thing. Right, the B side of the US single. So in the in the UK, when they released this one, coming into the street, coming into the street, uh, they whispers. they put whispers on it. But in the US, the B side is a version of "Give Peace a Chance." John Lennon's "Give Peace a Chance." <sighs> right, right. Wait though, this is fucking mental, and I I think everyone should go and listen to this in right. full. Okay, he hasn't done just a, a cover version of "Give Peace a Chance." He's done a version where he is speaking in weird pantomime voices. Okay, uh, do you know what? Yeah. Don't tell me. Nope. We'll take a flight, we'll take a pause here. Uh-huh. And we'll listen to it. Okay. And we'll come back in a minute. Gotcha. Right. Okay. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a glass of wine to listen to this one. You need Mental. I mean, yeah, I mean, cocaine is one hell of a drug, isn't it? <laughs> Christ Dude almighty. Lord. So, I mean, that's, I mean, so, I mean, you started to explain before, but, so that's Elton John. Yeah, so that, he, that was the B-side of the single to Club of the Industry yeah. in the US. Okay, but he, it's a cover, it's a, so it's a cover of John Lennon, but he's decided to do it as like basically a one-man Muppet show. Yeah, absolutely. He's just putting ridiculous voices on. Yeah. Almost um, carry-on voices. Yeah. Weird British oh, <laughs> Kenneth Williams style. Yeah, uh, but I, I, know, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a very dubious, uh, when he's talking about Yoko Ono, uh, what he would have probably described as an oriental. Voice, <laughs> yeah. right? It's entirely possible. Mate, that is it's fucking nuts. Yeah, all over the place. That should not exist. No. And but the other thing, there is a bit in it where he says, introducing the next contestant on making a B-side. So I wonder if it was almost like a protest at yeah. having to write a song. I mean, it does it does smack of something you put out to piss someone off, Yeah, it? fuck off whoever, Sony or whoever is on in, in the States. So that's that's quite the thing. Isn't it? And I do, I encourage everyone to go and have a listen. 
so you can hear all of what we yeah. just had to say. I through. mean, that is right up there, isn't it, with the David Bowie name song? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. right. So let's let's take uh, mm-hmm. let's take a break from sli- uh, sleeping with the past at the moment. Certainly. Right. Yes. We shall have a look at what else was going on in the album charts this week. So the week I've plumped for is the week uh, beginning the 5th of August, yeah. 1990, to look at what we're, what we're seeing. We have seen a lot of these albums in previous podcasts, so let's rattle through. Craig McLachlan, Check One Two. The it, album. The album is in at 10, number 10 this week. The Bangles' Great Stitch, MC Hammer's Please Hammer Don't Hurt Them, New Kids on the Block, Step by Step, yeah. which we covered last week, and still... Still my favourite one we've I, done so I've, far. I've listened to that so much. Good Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, by, by choice, not because of... Just, I mean, it's been Christmas, I've had people in the house, I've had to play them <laughs> on the reggae song. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, as soon as we'd done it and I'd heard how ridiculous that stuff was, yeah. I did think, oh, I hope all my friends listen to this yeah, song. Yeah, 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 they need yeah. to know. Yeah, yeah it's, It is it's that so stupid. It's so good. Uh, Rolling Stones, Hot Rocks. Phil Collins, but seriously, still at number five. Right. The Essential Pavarotti is uh, at number four, which we dealt with briefly last week. Mm-hmm. Number three, The Beach Boys, Summer Dreams, which we've seen before, but never made it to number one, so we're not dealing with that. Is that a compilation or is yeah, that? Yeah, it's a best. Okay, okay. that's the best of. And then number two is Madonna's I'm Breathless. Okay, um, so, I mean... Uh, which we, we mentioned last week as well, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a great Madonna. No, you said it was rubbish. So what else is out this so week? So other albums released in this time period. And again, we're looking at five weeks of Elton John being a born. So it's a, it's a decent yeah. swathe of time. It's, it's a month and a bit. Uh, Pantera's Cowboys from Hell. Jesus. 1990, yeah, mid-90s. Oh, see, that's yeah. one of those... Uh, I mean, let's gloss over Phil Anselmo's... Yeah. ...some of his uh, stuff. But Christ, what, I mean... I mean, I, I wouldn't get to know this record for a few years, Not but so. what a fucking record. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as an actually, you know, actually as an album, as a complete album, it's mm. patchy, but when it's... Oh, but when it hits. When it's hits, it's uh, Cem- yeah. Cemetery Gates, Cowboys from Hell, yeah. do you know what I mean? It, it, it smashes you in the face. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's it's the prototype for Vulgar Display of Power. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, which is the template of... To be honest with you, most of the terrible side of American metal that then came out. It's yeah. like this thing, it's like, that's the weird thing about Pantera. I really love Pantera, but I don't like much of the stuff that's like, sounds it, like Pantera. Yeah, that sounds like Pantera. Because yeah. it's just like, it's just all about that combination of that guitar mm. and how innovative he was with the guitar. And then just Phil Anselmo's just fucking primal oh. anger. Brutal, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, because I wasn't aware of it at the time at all, you know, 1990, I did not know any metal whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but I can only imagine that this was a pretty big turning point for the genre. The thrash thing is still kind of reigning supreme. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've got Skid Row and bands like that out there. Of course. So, I mean, and, that's, and that's the stuff I was aware of at this time, because, I mean, I was I was a Guns N' Roses fan by this time. Sure. Uh, and you know, I was, I, I was think I was, you know, I was listening. Uh, but I mean, non, when did uh, New Jersey come out? Nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, Jersey. Jersey. Uh, good as mine. So yeah, I mean, you know, I think I'd, I'd always kind of gone towards some of that kind of soft rock when I was, uh-huh. when I was a bit younger. Well, there are a couple. That, that another one I got note of here is Extremes. Pornography came out in this time. Yeah, I mean, again, that was. I mean, I, I, I was never an extreme fan. No, but. But I hung out get, a lot get of people Get the funk out. Get the funk out. Yeah, get the funk out. I mean, more than words was enormous. Yeah, huge. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. Wholehearted. I remember them doing Wholehearted on the Word. 
Yeah. Yeah. They were like cool enough to get on the word. I mean, there were a lot of kids that people couldn't afford to raise conceived to more <laughs> words. <laughs> <laughs> there really must have been. There's a lot of, uh, uh, I should say trailer, uh, tra- trailer kids called Nuno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, on, similarly then, uh, on that tip, Vixens Rev It Up came out in that point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Shout out to Chris Green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Anthrax, uh, Persistence of Time. Was that that? Yeah, it's a terrible record. I don't know. I had, a, ba- I had a bandana that said Anthrax Persistence of Time. Amazing. Ah, oh, if only we can get that for the website. It's a bad record. Uh, but then other ones we've got, D-Light's World Click came out, and I remember being really disappointed with that. Oh yeah, it's a terrible album. It's a shit album. It's a fucking fantastic One of the best single, singles ever. Yeah. And then the rest of it's just nonsense. It's dull bad dance music yeah it's just like kind of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race the musical oh, crap yeah really disappointing but some fucking classics uh, NWA's 100 Miles and Running EP come, came out my I mean two of my favourite NWA tracks are on that yeah and I, I mean I, title track is incredible and that's it that's, that's interesting because I this kind of really gives me an idea of where I was in the world okay because I remember getting this from Soul Sense in Luton oh yeah 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 you know I had to I had to send someone in to get it because I was obviously far too young to have it oh. and I remember they gave I think I sent my auntie Irene in to get it for me <laughs> And they and they gave her the full warning about it, what it was, and then she had a conversation with my mum about oh, what was Jesus. on it. And and my mum didn't give a shit. Oh, is it all right? Okay, she was all right with censorship. Um, Fuck it out. Uh, but yeah, so I I had that, and I was one of the only people that had an original yeah. of that, and I was yeah, I was I was very pleased with that's myself. A, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good. And, that obviously, I thought like uh, just don't buy it. It was the funniest thing in the world. It's like a, exactly as a fourteen year old talking about blowjobs. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean I was a long way from ever experiencing. <laughs> <laughs> Place the balls into the mouth. Oh my god! And, and you know, and you know, in retrospect, that is an incredibly tedious kind of juvenile it, well, it's juvenile shock that's exactly what yeah was. exactly it, you know it's kind of, but you know what man like surprise part two mm-hmm. and 100 miles and running right people talk with authority about the fact that once Ice Cube was out of NWA they weren't really NWA anymore yep. people talk with authority about 100 about uh, Straight Outta Compton being the author- but you know what man there is a lot of filler on Straight Outta Compton as a record you know, it's not some, all gold. Something to dance to. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. uh, I mean, to be honest with you, half of the beat, uh, half of the second side of that record is that was the weaker. You, you can you can live without it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I mean, like, like we've said on this podcast before, you start off with straight out of Compton, fuck the police, <laughs> gangsters, gangsters, gangsters up, yeah. bam, bam, bam. Pretty much unbreakable. That yes, you know. Um, but this EP, which was written by you know lyrics by MC Ren, mm. and people laugh at MC. No, Ren. I, I was always of the opinion. Oh, he's the the loser of the group. But look, th- these are, credit where credit's due, Easy e never sound better than he did on, the, on those on No, those he's verses. brilliant. Yeah, this is, this, this, is, look, this is the sweet spot of NWA. And you know what? I would have loved to have heard what they'd have done with Ice Cube on those tracks. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, you probably wouldn't have heard that because Ice Cube would have would have written all of them right but yeah we say Ren wrote them I mean maybe DOC wrote quite a bit of it obviously DOC's in the car crash at this point yeah his voice is gone by this point yeah but he was still he was still ghostwriting a lot Mm. of this stuff that's a that's a great 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 EP it is and and like I say it bridges the gap between the two albums and it also and it also uh, has 
all of the stuff that's good about the second record and none of the terrible, terrible bloated stuff that's on the second sure. record. Because, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it when it comes out next yeah, year. But, yeah. you know, that second album, is uh, you can't listen to that whole album now, I don't think. No, I mean, I loved it at the time. Yeah, I did But, well. yeah, that's probably because, you know, I was 15 and yeah. excited to hear the swear words. Ah, swear words and kind of, you know, kind sex of, and game. Okay. Yeah, exactly, man. And, you know, you can take, you know, you can take that kind of sexual politics stuff as a bit more of a cartoon oh, yeah. when you're a kid and you kind of get older and you go, ah, oh, actually kind of, oh. probably matters a little bit. Yeah. Oh, well, here yeah. We go. Uh, but yeah, fucking, long story short, fucking love that EP. Indeed, indeed. And then a couple more that you, I suspect, are going to be very happy about. Alice in Chains facelift. Oh, record that is. Yeah. Oh my God. So this has come out. And Jane's Addiction, Ritual de Ritual. I mean, I love Facelift. Facelift is the, the rawest of the Alice in Chains mm-hmm. records. I have so much love for that man. I mean, my, I was lucky in I saw Alice in Chains with Lane Staley on vocals. Yeah. Brixton Academy. And they came out singing Man on a Box. They just swinging yeah. out. Of all of those kind of, uh, you know, kind of grunge bands as were labelled. And, you know, to be honest with you, I mean... What the fuck was grunge? I don't know. I don't, I don't think Alice in Chains were ever a grunge band. Alice in Chains always had more in common with Black Sabbath than they did well, with Nirvana. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Alice in Chains weren't a punk band. But, oh my God, those vocal harmonies. And definitely. Did, I mean, like, Richard Lebitchell, that's just a record that when I was, when I got out of school and went to college and someone gave me that record, it was just one of those fucking things that just blew my mind. I didn't, right. and what, didn't know what's the opening was, song? Right? I'll stop here. Yeah. yeah, bam, you're away. This whole thing that's going on at the moment in Los Angeles, 1990, mm-hmm. is so interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, it was an exciting time. And I was thinking whenever I was putting this together, right, in this five-week period, Cowboys from Hell, Facelift, Ritual to Habitual, all yeah. three came out within that five-week period. Yeah. Obviously, I'm biased that uh, mm-hmm. this was a time when I was starting to get the music but that just doesn't happen anymore you don't get no. those sort of groundbreaking albums coming out suddenly here's loads no. for you I, I, you know, I don't, I don't think you do um, no. maybe there's people that disagree with us I don't know maybe there's there's a kid sat there whose favourite thing in the world is grime and he could tell you 10 great grime records that Absolutely. came out yeah. last year you know, yeah, maybe tell you that you know what Skepta's been doing is similar or something like that and maybe it's just that maybe it's just age but oh I suspect that's a big part of it yeah but, the, yeah. but these are whatever you say these are records that have got have had resonance down the Oh, years. longevity and you know, influence. Alice in Chains are playing Wembley Arena next year. Mm-hmm. You know, if Pantera were Pantera were alive, they would be playing venues. That were the instantly, yeah. They, they are records that have the test of time. A um, yeah. little uh, tie-in. Uh, I was looking at some of the collaborations that Elton John has done in his time. Yeah. One of them, he played piano on Black Gives Way to Blue on Alice in Chains' album of the same... Same name. I knew that. Oh, right. I did know that, yeah. I wish it right. had come to mind, but yeah. Yeah. That's a fucking brilliant track as well. I maybe knew at the time, totally forgot. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much where, where I was with it. He also played on Queens of the Stone Age like Clockwork album on one of the songs on Yeah, there. he did. Again, I knew that as well. There you go. And in 1986, he played on uh, piano on some tracks on Saxon's Rock the Nations. Like that, I didn't know. No. There you are. So, yeah, he's, he's got their uh, little... Tendrils in various rock bands. Fair enough. Yeah. I wish he'd fucking bought some of this record. Well, <laughs> indeed. And there's also, apparently when Elton John tours England, he will play in Kent or Hampshire, but not in between, because he can't pronounce that county. Surrey seems to be the hardest word. I quit. <laughs> right, I, I can't do this. 
I wrote another Elton John uh, joke. It's a little bit funny. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> look, mate. Oh, God, I'm so happy. Look, I, 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 <laughs> I spend my fucking evenings hanging out with some of the funniest comedians <laughs> in the country. <laughs> yeah. Again, I was meeting with Angela Barnes the other day. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I've got more I'll save them for later. This is pretty much what I did last night. Is it? Yeah. Do you ever look yourself in the mirror? <laughs> God, no. Never. I don't even like what you've seen, my friend. <laughs> How has it come to this? Um, uh, a quick sum up, by the way, of what's happening in America yeah. is uh, number one single, Mariah Carey, Vision of Love. And number one album is still MC Hammer, please, and will be forever. Yeah, exactly. So but, it's, again, a nice, interesting time period with, with stuff that, like you say, has stood the test of time. It's crazy, actually, because when, when you think of some of this stuff in those... It's like, it, it seems weird that all of those things were happening at the same time, doesn't it? Yes. This Elton John album is one of the fucking safest things in the world. Yeah. Apart from the reggae track at the start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's just cocaine. Um... I, uh, and so much of what we've listened to has been so safe. Right? Yeah. And part of the purpose of this podcast is for us to go, well, why weren't we listening to these records mm. that were big at the time, right? And I think, you know, with fewer exceptions, it's just been because they've been boring. So, yeah, that, that was the kind of the state of play, album-wise, what was coming out. Uh, but... We should get back into this Elton John album. Okay, so we're, uh, next track is the title track. Yes, Sleeping With The Past, track number five. That's another upbeat one. Yep. Fuzzy guitar. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, this song comes to an image for me of slowly stepping down a staircase in a Vegas showroom. Oh, yeah? You know, you know the kind of the, the intro to Family Guy, do you know what I mean? Twirling your cane. Okay, yeah. Right. There's, there's a lot of horns, Yeah, exactly. It's got, it's got, it kind of reminds me vaguely of a bigger production version, a more up-tempo version of like the theme tune from Frasier. Oh, okay, yeah. Tossed fucking salad and scrambled eggs. Right. But he doesn't he does do a lot of that voice. He does, no, yes. I mean the the, the theme of this song is basically don't shag your ex, isn't it? Yes. Again, obviously Sleeping with the Past, uh, the title track, that's exactly what it is. You move on from whatever toxic relationship. Build up for this one is decent. I kinda of like all the intro and the kind of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Chorus lets it down a little bit, it's only so so. Yeah. But I mean, I just hate his voice. I, I, right. I mean, I've written here, I hate his voice. I just hate it so much. Oh, wow. So we're halfway through and it's just really great. I, I, mean, I think more than anything as well, right? When, when we take the fact that this is fundamentally a pop music podcast. Yes. I'm not 100% sure that this all completely works for me as pop music. Uh, like you mentioned there, show tunes. Yeah. And it, it, it's definitely got more of that edge to it to me, like a... No, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm fucking the musical. I, I, I love a musical. You know? Yeah, I, absolutely. I, you know, I love a good musical anyway. When did he do the? Um, when did Lion King come out? When did he do the, the music for that? 
Well, that would have been around this time. It would have been around 1990. Well, it was early 90s. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he uh, he wrote a song for The Lion King based on a bagel. It was called The Circle of Loaf. Uh, do you want me to tell you why a bagel isn't a loaf? <laughs> no. But it's the only thing I could think of that was that shape, because croissant doesn't work. Well, of course it doesn't, man. You just, I mean, you need to ap- apologise <laughs> to two groups of people. Yeah. The comedy community. Yeah. And the Jewish community. <laughs> I mean, I would say that in these PC times, quite close to anti-Semitism. <laughs> I, fucking I bread racist. I apologise to everyone, just I in general, for that joke. I think you should, mate. I uh. think you should. That's, I mean, I mean I'm, I'd leave, but it's my house. <laughs> Do, yeah. Do you know what his favourite pizza topping is when he's feeling a bit poncy? No. It's Rocket Man. I'm on with you for that. Twenty years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> I, I didn't think it would end this way. <laughs> oh god. Jesus fucking Christ. They don't get any better as they go on, by the way. Just so oh, you know. oh, there's more? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jimmy Cricket. <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah, yeah, I've said to you in the past, you should have a go at stand-up. Yeah. yeah. Take it no, all back. I ain't fucking do it. I ain't do it. Not, not for me, just for the people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Right, shall we move on to the next song, anyway? I don't know if I can. No. <laughs> it's either that or more, more Elton John jokes. It's your choice. Oh, okay, let's move on. Right. Track six is uh, Stone's Throw from Hurtin. Yeah. Yeah. God, what a terrible title to start off with. Oh, this reminds me. Um, uh-huh. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt the song, but do you fancy um, coming to karaoke with me tomorrow? We'll do some ZZ Top songs. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of, um, I'm sure there's a Robert Palmer tune. It sounds like that kind of guitar sound as well. What it sounds like is just... It sounds like a fucking song for douchebags. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, well, Robert Palmer. Yeah, it's, it sounds like it sounds like a song in a in a yuppie bar where everyone's done loads of coke, but it's fashionable that week to dress up as if it's the fifties. Okay, right, that's that's what it's. So someone someone's spent. Oh, you've got to see this Cadillac I've bought. Right, <laughs> fucking Filofax in the front seat. <laughs> Tousled hair. I hate this person. This, it's, it's whoever this Patrick person. Swayze would pay him in a film, but right, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm very tired. It also it reminds me a bit of some of the the eighties period Fleetwood Mac, but the really bad bits. Yeah, look. I mean, let's let's be totally honest, right? Mm-hmm. right with, without wanting to sound like a virtue signalling kind of woke dickhead, right? Mm-hmm. Like white boy blues are often terrible, aren't they? Ah, uh, yes. I think that's fair, and you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying that white people can't do the blues or appropriate mm-hmm. the blues to great effect. I love Led Zeppelin. Yeah, they are. I enjoy some parts of Jack White's back catalogue. Yeah, yeah. Easy Top. Yeah, I love Easy Top. Mm-hmm. But done badly, you know, done done badly. You've got the worst bits of Clapton. Yes, yes, you do. Who else is a really bad purveyor of this? Chris Rea, to be honest, he did oh, some, some shit stuff. You know, he was guitar wanking blues all over the place. The guitar solo in this, I quite enjoyed. Let me see if I can find the guitar solo. It's all a bit square dancing, isn't it? Oh, sure. A bit boot scooting. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of sounds like the, the shit bits of the Upload with Mac album we listened to. 
uh, when they were going Billy Ray Cyrus on it. I've blown that out. That's for the best. I just deleted yeah. all that space. I'm trying to be positive about this yes. stuff, right? Because I'm trying, you know, what I'm trying not to do is go down a hole where I start. Look, his voice is, for the most part, a bit more tolerable in this song. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do the stuff that I dislike the most. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's got a little bit of that minor key menace in, mm-hmm. the, yeah, yeah. in the keyboards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's about the premise of a breakup, so it's kind of, you know, kind of got that tonality that runs through it. Yeah. I've written, there is a nice slide guitar. I think it is a slide it's guitar. A slide guitar so I right, think yeah. it is. All right. And kind of got a little kind of princey esque bit at the end, almost. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I, my overall rating of this was it's actually not a bad song, right? But it's kind of somewhat ruined by some overzealous production, some strange instrumental choices, some strange. Who'd let that guitar sound like that? It's you sure. know, it sounds like the version of a song that you know, if if you buy a record. And you've not read the cover properly. This mm. used to be a thing. Remember, you used to, you'd pick up what you thought was a compilation CD. Oh, it. right. There's always something like a garrison. And you pick it up and you put it in. And it starts, you're like, oh, that's not that. And you realise it's not recorded by the original artist. Yeah. It's yeah. that, isn't it? It's that sound. It's Jeff Love and his orchestra. Right, sure. The Top of the Pops albums. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, uh, here's the Tijuana Brass playing. Oh, thanks. In former by <laughs> I'm in. I'm straight away in. Well. The guitar on this is a, a is a guy called Fred Mandel who is, plays keyboards throughout this album right. and was in Elton's band from eight, like eighty five until this album. Yeah, he's also played with Alice Cooper. Yeah, back in the early seventies, Pink Floyd. He played on the wall keyboards on the wall. Wow, and played with Queen uh, quite a bit. He is the guy that does this solo. <laughs> This weird keyboard sound solo is Fred Mandel, who's now playing the John. Yeah. Do you know what? I always thought that was uh, by man on guitar. Again, in the Wikipedia article I read, it's like often mistaken for guitar. Yeah, it's it's him on uh, some keyboard. There you go. That's amazing. (laughs) It's mental that one as well. Next one on the album, though, is Sacrifice. Yeah. The other big single, the other double A side. Well, this is, yeah, like we say, this is this is this is the engine that powered this number one. Yeah, absolutely, because you know, as much as Healing Hands, I like as a song, that's not the song you were hearing at the time. No, and yeah, because it was double A, obviously the radio and the TV had the choice of which one they wanted to play. Yeah, and it was sacrifice. It was always sacrifice. So let's do we about this. Hear that drum? Yeah. Like with, the, with the kind of the reverb yeah. on it. Does this not remind you of Take My Breath Away by Valley? Oh, absolutely. It sounds like it should be in a an 80s yeah. soft focus scene. Yeah, this is like a love theme from. Mm. Feels like a soundtrack film, doesn't it? Exactly, yeah. This, this is a song that we were playing montage. Yeah, yeah, but yeah it's not a, a dance floor song, but no. it's classic yeah, yeah. of its time. It's a, it's a kind sound. of fingering in the corner song. Yeah, <laughs> and you've got to have some of those. Yeah. yeah, it reminded me of uh, Phil Collins' "One More Night" or that Two Hearts" when he was doing his yeah his soundtrack. Very stuff much that, right? Putting aside the thing I just said about fingering, mm-hmm. this just sounds like a song that mums would like. <laughs> well, they did. Let's face it; it was huge. The fact that their mums mean they progress past the fingering. Yeah, you'd, you'd assume. I mean, no, we not. No, you wouldn't assume, man. Come on, 
What is it? Christianity? Yeah, that's in Belfast. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> DJ Wellfast from Belfast. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, look, this is undeniably a great, catchy song. Right? It, yeah. I'll be like the chorus is enormous. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's that kind of thing where a song cannot be as big as this song was without something intrinsically uh-huh. good about it. Right? Yeah, sure. And that's like you know, you know, when people say things to me like, "Oh, you know, Michael McIntyre shit." Yeah, right? no, that's not true. Right, Michael McIntyre could not entertain that amount of people if he was shit. Right. Yeah. You may not like him. I don't like him yeah, particularly. Not right? That's not my. It's not my taste. But you can't say shit because there's a craft in it, right? Yeah. That said, I don't particularly like this song. Okay. And I like it a lot less in the context of this album. Yeah. Sat in the middle of this stuff. Okay. It, the, the the rest of this record and going okay, this is where you're coming from with all of this puts a relief on this song and. Puts a light on the bits I don't like that makes I me see. like the bits I don't like more. Okay, that's interesting. Actually, put on a compilation tape of other big ballads next to Berlin and next to Bill yeah. you'd be like, "Yep, yeah, this works. This yeah. is a big one." But in in the context of track seven on this, you've been beaten down by the rest of it. Yeah, right. And that's you know, okay. you know, I'm, again, like I said, I'm trying not to be cynical. But there is so far on this album one song I, I do really really like but this one like I say it sounds like a song for mums mm-hmm. it was never a song I feel that was supposed to have anything to say to me when it came out oh no and now I stand and look at it as you know kind of a, 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 as a man in early middle age and it still has nothing to say to me I kind of thought there were two possible uh, ways to take the, the lyrics because uh, I watched the video for it uh, which started a very young Chris Isaac as the male lead, but it's about a couple who have arguments, break up, uh, and he ends up raising their child. What uh, a wicked game to play. Boy! Nice. Uh, so yes, and um, because he's the one who um, raises the child, I took from that inference that there was no sacrifice. Being a single dad was no sacrifice because it's still the best thing he could do. You know, So the breaking up of the relationship didn't matter. He wasn't sacrificing anything because he still had the better deal. You know, yeah, you, you, I mean, yeah, but obviously you've got, you know, videos aren't always a literal. No, no, no. I mean, that's not what the song lyrically suggests No, this is it. That's why I was me. thinking that if you just take it on face value from the lyrics and the song without any storyboard behind it, then is it about the breakup of a relationship after someone has cheated? And I think it's pretty definitely the guy who's cheated. So the no sacrifice is, is it that the relationship has to end because it's no good for either of them at that point. So it's not a sacrifice. Is that is that where it's coming from? I mean, maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe it's it's a kind of a greater good kind of. Mm-hmm. But it's it's that cold, cold heart hardened by you. Yeah, it's like okay, so I've had to I've had to become a more uh, resilient person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, actually, the breakup, it's not a sacrifice because now I'm stronger. Oh, I see. Okay, so... Is that it? Look, look for the positives. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. All I know is it's a very pretty melody. But again, the, there's some little production ticks in it, like the kind of the little kind of the flourishes, the little Disney flourishes mm. around the ends of the, the verses and stuff. That stuff grates me in context with this record. That stuff I probably wouldn't have picked up on before, but because Fair enough. of the way it's used in other places... And it's like some of the instruments, uh, I mean, again, like, it's the instrumentation on some of these things where you go, oh, you've got these really great players, 
and mm. made it managed to make it sound like no one's playing an instrument. Yeah, it's it's it, it, it's like one big synth sign. Really. But isn't it weird though that that's a thing that happened at this time where obviously synths had been so ubiquitous through the and then you've got these big productions which were all being done in studio still at this point by live musicians. Mm-hmm. And they've produced it so it almost sounds synthesised. I mean, yes, I see where you're coming from, but I think in terms of, for example, this song and when we said Berlin, Take My Breath Away and those other big 80s movie soundtrack ones, I think there is a a banality to a lot of them that everything is just forced down and nothing's going to shock you and nothing's going to surprise you. But as long as you have a hook in it, that's why that's why it sells. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I reckon you could talk to me tomorrow about this song, mm. or in a few. Uh, I need, yeah, I need some weeks. But like, and, <laughs> and I'll feel differently about it again. But it's just I was listening to it, and I was just going, "Oh, you know what? I, I kind of I don't mind this song, but I like it less for this." You can't argue with a big old soppy hook in it. That's no. Like where where yeah. are you with it? You love it? I, no, I don't. I don't love it, but absolutely, I, I think it's a good song. I definitely didn't like it at the time. I was very well, definitely did not like it at the time. But I look back more fondly because it sounds like other things that I liked in from the late 80s in Top yeah. Gun. You know? Oh, and I guarantee tomorrow when I'm going about my business, I will be humming the melody. That's, thing, you know? that's nature work, isn't it? Yeah, it was right. the third highest selling single of 1990, uh, this double A side. Behind Nothing Compares to You at number two mm-hmm. and The Righteous Brothers Unchained Melody. Oh, and God, I've forgotten yeah. about how big that was. Yeah, we're coming up to that at Christmas time. Well, the, the ghost of Ghost Pass. Quite, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, third highest selling single of the of the year, this one. All right, okay, all right. Well, so should we take a, a quick break? Yes, absolutely. Let, Go let's, to the singles. Let's have a look and see what singles-wise was going on. With the Elton John album being uh, number one for five weeks, I, again, I just picked a week in the middle. It's the week of the 5th of August to the 11th of August. Right, we're going to cool. have a look at. Number 10 in the singles chart, UK singles chart, is Technotronic Rocking Over the Beat, which is rubbish. I don't even remember no, that No, I didn't either. The second album? Uh, no, I don't think so. But I'll play a wee bit of it. It rings a bell. Oh, I remember this now. Yeah, yeah. That vocal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a Eurohouse, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like that. Your kid, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I do remember it vaguely, yeah. but we couldn't have possibly told you what it was called if you played it to me. We talked about it on the podcast before. We're like Technotronic. When they released their first single, it was Technotronic featuring Felly. Mm. And it was like this really beautiful kind of model-esque woman kind of yeah. walking through the walking through the video. And then the second single came out. It was uh, Technotronic featuring Yarkid K. And it was this kind of scruffy little hood rat doing her thing. And it was exactly the same voice. Yeah. It's like, oh, mm. yeah. yeah, it's bizarre. Uh, number nine in the single start is, in fact, Sacrifice Healing Hands double A side. Yeah. Uh, number eight, New Kids on the Block Tonight, yep. which we did last week. Yes, we did. Number seven. And enjoyed. Yeah, very much, yeah. Uh, number seven uh, is Prince, Thieves in the Temple, which we'll be talking about next week. Okay. So I'm sure you've got some stuff to say do, about it. Do you want me to not say anything about it? I think we should keep it. Okay. We'll keep that one. Number six, though, we do have, and we mentioned it earlier, we said we'd be having a little bit of it. Madonna's Hanky Panky. Hmm. Yeah. Some girls they like candy. 
And like you say, right, it's not a Madonna album, it's not a Madonna song. Yeah. But it's called, the record was called I'm Breathless, because a character was breathless mind. Sure. And yeah, I, I looked forward to this film so much. Mm. Right. I mean, I, I would quite like to watch it again because I think I might appreciate right. some more of the cinematic stuff in it because they right. did a lot of really cool stuff with primary colours as I remember. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, and I think it looked really nice but I don't... It, I remember being big disappointment. Right. Well, I think the world agreed, didn't they? It was a big flop. I don't... I don't, I don't well, I, don't, I think it did all right box office-wise but it's, it hasn't hung around in the culture and it's mm. you never see it available on DVD or Blu-ray which makes me think there's probably something quite racist in it or something. Oh, I wonder, okay. I wonder, <laughs> unless it's like a rights issue or something. I don't know why, no, why it's not available. I might have to... I'll, mm. I'll Google that later. Uh, well, that's number six. And number five... Don't be afraid of your freedom! Super Dragons, yeah. Super Dragons, I'm free. Now, I love this. So do I still love this. It's good fun. It's, you know, I remember thinking that this was a great Indian song. I was like, oh, this is so cool. It's not. It's a a good pop song. This is the coattails of Manchester, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's not as bad as Candy Flip, but it's definitely not the Stone Roses. No, but uh, what's the the guy called in it? Uh, The guy that does the toasting? The token. Oh God! Don't be oh, afraid of Junior Reed. Junior Reed. Yes. yes. These are the words me hear from my granddaddy. Yeah. See, I'm very, notice how careful I'm being <laughs> there, not through the fucking voice after doing a podcast. On it. Quite. Uh, yeah. No, I love that. That free was like great. Free like a butterfly. Free like a bee. I've still got the twelve inch of that somewhere as well. Um, four. Actually, what's, see when you get this because I didn't get it from this very first video. Oh, I know what this yeah, is. Yeah, now, now it's coming in. Oh, this, is, this is such a big tune. I love it. Oh, this is... Oh, it's uh, Take Me Dancing Naked in the Rain. Bam, there you go. Oh, is it... Just a walk? No. No. No, no, no. Oh, what was it? Um, oh my god, I fucking want a fucking pub quiz. Oh, mate, your face is in pain. Oh my god, who was it? No. Ah. Begins with a B. Two words. Oh, no, I'm near uh, Blue Amazon. No, but it's blue. Ah, oh, blue. Why can't I get it? <laughs> what the fuck is it? No, what is it? To put my imagery. Blue Pearl. Blue fucking Pearl. Blue Cut. Pearl, make it in the rain. Blue Pearl, yes. make it in the rain. Take me down. Oh, I love that. Oh, fuck Great it. tune. That, that sounds like that's still a tune. Uh, number three. Can't touch this. Yeah, yeah. we've talked about this before. This. Just massive single. You can't touch this. When that came out, mm-hmm. did you know Super Freak? No, not at all. Not at all. Did Listen, we talk about that before? No, I didn't remember. No. But yeah, no. I mean, that, that's for me. It's like, you know, if I'd have known Super Freak, I wouldn't have given a shit. Oh, no, because, well, you've done nothing except rip the whole thing off. Yeah, and, like, you yeah, know, yeah. and the same time, like, Ice Ice Baby. When Ice Ice Baby, oh, I better not talk about that because that's coming, isn't it? It will, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it. Oh, we'll talk about it. 
So when it comes. But no, I, I probably hadn't even heard the name Rick James. Then when I did hear Super Freak, I was like, oh, what? This is entirely lifted. Yeah. It, I was shocked at how blatant uh, just um, steel it was. Yeah. Not done anything clever with it, just taken it and it wrapped up the top. Can you imagine if that was how you felt about Kashmir? By <laughs> yeah. I puff fucking nailed this. <laughs> where he got this guy from. Actually, wasn't that the fucking the actual reaction? Remember those when uh, Kanye West did that thing with Paul McCartney? Yeah. Uh, I don't know who this Paul McCartney guy is, but his career is about to blow up. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. It was like, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, <laughs> well, I've got some news for you. Well, let me tell you a thing or two, Sonny. <laughs> so, number two then, moving on from MC Hammer. <laughs> now, I always find this was a weird one that made it big. I love this. Did you? I, I wasn't. I, I didn't care about it. But when I, think, when I was making my, uh, when I was making my uh, all-time best pop songs, just made it on. Sorry, love it. I love it. Yeah. Love I think it. it might be because my mum or stepdad at the time had the Suzanne Vega album with the original Tom the Diner on it, yeah. and so whenever this kind of weird remix of it came out, I was like, "Well, that's not the song." You know, it's like, that's not how it goes. Right. So I think I had something about that. I, I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. I think it's a bit pedestrian as a... Again, they basically just put a beat over her acapella. But sometimes that's all it takes. No, that's fine. Come on, man. Uh, back to life. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's much better. Yeah. Well, as as the, the, the remix. I mean... <laughs> Depending on your perspective, uh, what's that Tori Amos song? Um, oh, Professional Widow. Yeah. Yeah, true enough. Depending on your perspective. I mean, yeah. that's that's the big version of that tune. It's not the one that I like. That's yeah. the big version of that tune. I mean, I, 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 like, I like Suzanne Vega as well. I, sure. You know, like Luca is that's just breathtaking. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love Suzanne Vega. But that version at that time, yeah, yeah so that's the one for you. So, so good. I remember at the time, because I didn't really know the names of the songs. I, you know, I'd heard them in the house, but I didn't know them. And I thought it was about a guy called Tom Steiner. Oh my god, that's brilliant! Yeah, like, who's this bloke, Tom Steiner? That's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. As a fact, I thought it was about Tom and his like his authentic German drinking glass. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Steiner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a surprise to me. I think maybe at some point I saw the the video and I went, "Oh, it's about a diner." Oh, that's right. That's amazing. Yeah. But um, yeah, like the first the first time you ever heard the word R, uh-huh. I realised that it was pirate speak and not a passing of sixty minutes. <laughs> Dickhead. What's uh, what's uh, a pirate's favourite Elton John song? Okay. Yar song. <laughs> <laughs> I've never wanted you to die so much in my life. <laughs> well, well, just wait. What's a pirate's second favourite Elton John song? Oh, fuck nice. I guess that's why they call it the Bloons. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Could you just pause this a minute? I'm going to go outside and cut your brain cables. <laughs> I was so I happy guess that that's one. why they call it the Bloons. <laughs> <laughs> fuck me. Honestly, I was... Oh, God, I was so happy. Oh, What's that noise? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Oh, that is my radio. Haunted radiator. <laughs> I guess that's why they call it the blues. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Well, what, what would you call Elton John when he's been left too close to your haunted radiator? No. Melton John? Oh. 
Ah, uh, you've lost it. No, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the is my high point, just so you know. Oh, that's the high point? Yeah. yeah. Fucking hell, mate. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. In the limbo game of, <laughs> your, of your jokes. Number one in the charts this week. You're going to get this straight away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know what it is. <laughs> if you want to hold up, I'll wrap it for you. <laughs> you, you. Could you do this front to back? Power to RTL, E power to RTL, E power to RTL. Total power. In the half shell, there are heroes for in this day and age you could ask for more. With the crime rate high, with Mugger the Mysterious, the police and the detectives are furious because they can't find a source. This lethally evil force. Uh, this is serious, so give me a quarter. I need a, I was a witness. Get me a report. I need to call April O'Neill on this case. You better hurry up. There's no time to waste. Uh, we need help, like, quick on the double. Have pity on the city, man, it's in trouble. We need, they didn't say they'd be there in half an hour, because they displayed. I, I think I missed some of that out. Still, still impressive. Yeah. 29 years on. There you go. <laughs> still in your head. There you go, that's, that's number one. Partners in crime. Yeah. Crime with a K. K-R-Y-M-E yeah I mean they never did much after this did they I don't believe I heard the rest of the album (laughs) (laughs) weren't back for Turtles 2 Secret of the Years were they was that a film yeah oh was it they did a sequel to the film oh right they did did Turtles 3 Turtles in Time Jesus what there were about 7 Turtles films at this point fucking hell mate right that's a lot of films I've not seen oh yeah hmm are you never a Turtles fan no do you have a favourite turtle um the one they ate the pizza? Did they all eat the pizza? What, did you even have a childhood? They were Belfast, mate. I suppose, yeah, your favourite your favourite turtle was the one that didn't kneecap. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which one's less likely to get me involved in sectarian <laughs> violence? Can't do the voice. No. <laughs> we discussed this, shouldn't do the voice. Shouldn't do the voice, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not race, though, is it, the Irish? <laughs> oh, just... oh, fucking hell, this is going... Uh, some, we're going to play this to people. Well... Oh. You say that. Jesus. I'm cut that out. Okay, so there you go. That's, that's your top ten for this week. Uh, other singles that were released or uh, peaked in this period that didn't get top ten. Dream Warriors, Wash Your Face in My Sink. Yeah. I remember liking that. Yeah, I, I, was... I then bought the album and the album wasn't very good. I, I see, I don't think I really did. I liked my definition, the bombastic jazz uh-huh. style. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't like Wash Face in My Sink. I don't know why. Yeah. Also in the charts this week, LFO's LFO uh, was in at 12. I don't remember it being that big a hit. And for an underground Sheffield dance act on Warp. Yeah. I mean, again... Like, Weird. LFI, I mean, uh, I should know that stuff, but I have, I have no relationship with it at all. Primal Screams Come Together is in at 26. Yep. Uh, some remixes of that I remember coming at the time. And it was one of the first times I heard a remix of a song that I went, oh, shit, that's brilliant. Right. And it was totally different to yeah. the original. Uh, it was it was a big dance version of this kind of slower dub song and it absolutely brilliant um, at number 19 we have Bell Biv DeVoe's Poison friend of the podcast as you, as, you, as you must know by now we love that tune uh, MC Tunes versus 808 State the only round that bites oh my god yeah man I oh, see I almost don't want to hear this again because I know it's no good <laughs> instinctively I know it's no good but okay I'm going to play it anyway oh. Flipping my clip automatic, fully loaded, lips and let their beats my compose. 
so yeah, yeah, I think it's all right. That sounds all right. I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, I, I had memories of his uh, of his. Uh, do you remember his nineties kind of vaguely new metal comeback in Dust Junkies? Oh shit! Yes. Yeah. Why well, was Dust Junkies? It was yeah. one of their tunes I actually thought was wicked. Oh really? Like, uh, yeah. I was, uh, you you must have in the pocket. Of, I was working it. Yeah. You, you must have worked that because no one wasn't no. made to listen to that over and over again. For yeah. No, there was one that one had a, a big dirty metal riff in it. But yeah, what's the sample of that? The, the, only, the only one I buy. What's the big sample? It's like a, it's a soundtrack sample, isn't it? Um, are you maybe? Talk, are you talking about? Yeah, that. Well, actually, now you say it, it sounds like something. I don't know. Big sample. Sample. Anyone that buys some uh, Jerome Moros, the Big Country main title. Oh, is that a, yeah. a Western? Yeah. Right. That makes sense, man. Yeah. There you go. I see. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, other ones we've got. Just going to run through these. Jungle Brothers doing her own dang. Yeah, whatever. I mean, that's one of the better Jungle Brothers channels. Oh, yeah, but it still didn't mean much to me, I must admit. Uh, Florid Up. It's no, no, hang on, no, hang on, no. Oh. Doing our own dang. That's the, no, that, that is a good track, because that's the one with the, re- the, the Posse Cat remix on it. Really? And you've got, yeah, you've got Money Love and members of Tribal Quest and stuff oh, like that on the 12 inch, yeah. Oh, so that is a, that, I've, got, I've got 12 inch. Well, I think I gave it to you. I think you've probably got it now. Oh, I might do. But, um, yeah, I, I had a 12 inch. That, that, that's got, that's got some good, uh, oh, that's, that's some good. good shit on the B side, yeah. Oh, fair enough. I don't remember that at all. But again, fucking spitballing is a long time. I might be totally fucking wrong. Right. Mate, okay. Don't fucking at me, hip hop heads. Well, quite. Uh, yeah, Florida Up, it's on. Peeping at 54. Another Didn't give a shit. ridiculous indie song. Soundgarden's Loud Love was in 87 this week, which I, obviously I don't remember at the time at all. One. I'm, no, I was about to say, no, I'm thinking of, um, I think of Big Dumb Sex, aren't I? Loud Love is this one. There was some really fucking good stuff on Louder Than Love, actually. I haven't gone back to that in so long. Yeah, I so know I, I, had, I mean, I even at the time, I didn't really. What time I didn't know? I, I didn't. I didn't have it. Well, no, I mean, I, I didn't even mean then. I mean, like in the, in the the time that I was listening to nothing but sound. Oh, I see. Yeah, I didn't go back that far because I didn't. I didn't have a physical copy, and that's the thing. It was the limitation yeah. then. You didn't yeah, have a physical yeah. copy. That was it. You fucking couldn't hear it. No, but there you go. That's 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 the singles. That's what's happening. Lots of different bits and bobs. Well, let's move on from that and back into Elton John. We'll finish this album off. Track number eight is I Never Knew Her Name. Strange song. It's one of those voices. Mm. If it fucks you off, it fucks you off. I think. Yeah, and he's definitely got the voice on this one. Yeah, and you know, 
which is weird because I like Axel Rose's voice. Oh, yeah, that's true. And that's and it's not that dissimilar. Mm. Yeah. But all I've written on this one is this can fuck off. Oh right, yeah. Right, this Straight is away. Shit show tune. I don't mind this. So it reminds me of when Bruce Willis did his versions of Respect Yourself and Under the Boardwalk. Hang on, are you hang on. I can't, I'm not dissing them. No, 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 no. You're not dissing them. No. I'm like, uh, whenever I first heard Respect Yourself, brilliant. Loved it. Oh, fucking hell, mate. I'm, the Return of Bruno. Yeah, that album. I never heard the whole album, obviously. I love Under that. the Old Wall. I, I probably hadn't heard the Drifters version of it at that point. No, no, I hadn't either, and I loved it. And mm. then I heard the Drifters version, oh, sure. and I went, oh, you've just taken oh, a machete. And, and Respect Yourself as well. Yeah. Sure, but that, that's what it sounds like whenever yeah, I but, first heard that. Yeah, but re- you know, retrospectively, you can't look back on those fondly, surely. No, no, no. I look back on them fondly because of the timing. Okay. No, I don't, look, don't think they're good songs anymore, but... This is what this song reminds me of. Lyrically, this is a very strange song. It's like, he's talking about, he happened to see a wedding. A man getting married to a woman at the altar. Yeah. He didn't know their names. Yeah. But was very jealous of how beautiful the woman was and wanted her for himself. So why was he at the wedding? He didn't look, was he hiding in the church? Uh, I never knew her name, but she was amazing and I wish she was for mine. I mean, if you're at a wedding... Mm. Not hard to find out a name. Let's ask someone. Yeah, I'm sure it's probably on the program. Yeah, there'd be a program there. And, a... and when the vicar goes, do you? <laughs> yeah. Unless it's like, you know, a bit of Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's very strange. The only thing I can think of is that he's putting himself in a position of being a church organist. Because there is a little bit of a church organ solo. You went that far. Oh, I did the whole thing, mate. No, no, you went that far down the rabbit hole. It's like, oh, maybe he's the church organ. Yes, and so that's why... To be fair, though, right? I mean, it's as credible as him being a South African coal miner. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a lot more likely. Uh, So, yeah, no, that's... It's it's not a great song. It doesn't offend me, but I will... Happily skip it every time. I mean, it can fuck off. It got to that point, I think, it's a point in these records where it's Mm. like, track eight, yeah. I haven't got enough attention to even give you full snark. No, I don't, I don't mind that. Track nine amazes me. Blinky, blinky. So another, another ballad. There's lots of gospel in this mm-hmm. one. And there's a lot of references to kind of deep South America. Look, man. Okay. This is an incredibly, terribly conceived ode to a black woman. Yep. That's what this is. This she is amazes me, yeah. Yeah, this is like kind of I'm basically fetishizing your colour. Uh-huh. There are some words, some poor choices of wording in here. Okay. Such as Dixie Shadowland. Yeah. <laughs> Got that note down. Dixie Shadowland. Uh-huh. I mean, wicked mate. Let's 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 conflate the word shadow, mm. right, with the word Dixie. Right. I think you might be reading a bit much in there. Oh, come on, man. That's fuck. If, if, you, if you don't think that fucking putting those words together is problematic, then you are on a lot of cocaine. <laughs> right? Now, of course, I, look, man, look, I'm not a horrible social justice warrior, but come on. Civil War. If you know anything about the Civil War, you could put the word Dixie in a love song to a black woman and talk about her shadow land, right? You can't, right? Okay. You can't do that. And you can't talk about her hoodoo either. No, drifting in your hoodoo. Drifting in your hoodoo. Yeah. There's a a few references to like Creole and voodoo stuff in this as well. It's like, come on, Mm. mate. That is... 
Do you know what I mean? I've got this lovely song about uh, this Jewish guy swimming in her untold riches and her... <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like swimming in the beauty of her Zionist power. You can't right. do those things. You know, so it's like, come on, man, you're from the north of Ireland. It's mm-hmm. like if I sang a love song to a northern Irish girl about her beautiful balaclava, you can't <laughs> do it. Some of that shit is fucking nice, man. <laughs> You've seen the murals. <laughs> So you've had a plea cake there in a corner, a four-leaf clover, <laughs> Don't hit me with that. What is it, a stick? <laughs> no, sir. Shillelagh. <laughs> How do you pronounce that? Is there an extra G in it? Oh, many. Oh, yeah. Me. Right, anyway. Uh, no, I no. get fucking carpet bombed by some kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway. Comes the best. As a tune goes, I think it's a perfectly serviceable gospel pastiche. But yeah, I suppose lyrically it's not... So you were, you were never a Mighty Boosh fan, were you? No. Because this whole song just sounds like it was written by the spirit of jazz. Oh, I see. Okay, that means nothing to me. <laughs> I, I know, I yeah. know it doesn't. But I guarantee you there are people in this room that think that was hilarious. I see, okay. Literally no one. But it just amazes me that he thought this was all right. Um, well, again, let's say it again. It was released or recorded 21 years ago now. So there's probably less of an awareness about maybe you shouldn't do that. And no, see, I think that's. I think you can say that about Phil Collins, mm. right? But if you're, you know, if you're part of a marginalised group, you understand the importance of language, surely. But you'd assume so. That's the, surely that. I mean, obviously, I know he didn't write all of these, but they, yeah. it just seems if uh, the lyrics have been different and were about more of a story about the Deep South or something like that he wasn't putting himself into or fetish, fetish, fetishizing God, I fetishizing fetishizing it's not fetishizing it is not fetish, fetish. It's, no fetishizing uh, a black woman if if the lyrics were more acceptable as just something else would you reckon like the tune is okay I mean yeah. Uh, it's insipid, isn't it? It's I think. See, I think it's okay. I think it is a decent enough gospel tinged a sing along tune. Not sing along. Not not a fucking fist in the air sing along. But I think it's an okay. Again, this would fit on a musical. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, without you know, that doubt. sort of thing. I think it's all right. Sister Act two. Well, maybe. I do, I think it's as, as a tune goes. I think it's probably fine. Uh, I think again, my problem with this would be so Elton John's singing is very much of the Michael Caine school of acting in terms of whichever song he's in he's still very much him okay yeah and you know that's that's it it's like you know I, I don't want to see Michael Caine play a reggae musician no I don't want to see Michael Caine play a gospel singer right because I know what he's going to do to it you know I mean you know there, there are exceptions to that I didn't particularly want to see Sean Connery play an Irish cop in The Untouchables. Yeah, they, fucking Russian it, it, submarine commander. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Be yeah. brilliant and all that. But, you know, that's kind of part of the problem for me. And it's all well and good doing a serviceable gospel number. Mm-hmm. But if you're not doing it as good as a bog standard gospel number done by a gospel choir, then mm-hmm. it's a pong. Well, yeah. But I think if, if you're Elton John, you're not thinking about should I. You're just thinking about what do I want to do. Yeah, but if you're, yeah. if you're asking me objectively... Right, mm-hmm. Okay, if you're asking me, okay, does this record fit on an Elton John record? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's one question. If you're asking me objectively, do I think this is a worthwhile piece of music mm-hmm. that I ever want to hear again? Fuck no, of course I don't. Right. Okay. Bullshit. Why, why would I want to hear this again? I'd rather hear 
a thousand Prince B-sides. <laughs> okay. I'd rather hear Daphne and Celeste's whole album. All right. Okay. Well, we'll move on to the last one, which is track 10, Blue Avenue. That's quite nice. I actually, I, I made a note, I, I like that little circular piano bit. this habit. It's like some drug for you. And this sounds like 1970s Cocktail bar song. Vegas song. Vegas, yeah. Well, uh, this is the other thing, you know. One of the shows I would love to see, I would love to see Elton John live. But what I would particularly love to see is the shows that he does with Billy Joel. Um, They've done it in Madison Square Gardens. I think they've done some Vegas ones. They do double headers relatively often. And I would love to see that show. Yeah, I mean, I'd be less bothered, I think, after this. No. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I still stand by the fact that there's probably a load of, you know, kind of classics that I've not heard, but it's, it's this voice, man. Well, we are going to have Elton John's Greatest Hits is Christmas, so you're going to have to listen to a lot of that. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm going to try. No, but... Okay, I'm going to keep an open mind. Sure. I don't, you know, I don't like this record. Mm-hmm. This doesn't sound like an artist in their prime to me. This is a failure of, of a record for me. Right. To me, this is uh, this. I would say this is a five out of ten for me. Uh, this is up there with the worst that we've listened to. Right. Me. I feel like at this point of the record, we are so far away from that big hook that grabbed hold of me in track two, mm-hmm. and there's been nothing to hold on to throughout mm-hmm. the throughout the track. I think I'm probably. Like I say, more predisposed to liking Elton John because I do like some Elton John already. Yeah. Um, and I suspect I'm also more predisposed than you are to liking some of this more very MOR, radio-friendly stuff. Now, you know, we'll be talking about The Carpenters before. Yeah. And I thought some of that was fantastic. But, I, th- th- see, this is the interesting thing about this. My favourite thing, because I was listening to this on Spotify. I listened mm-hmm. to it yesterday. I listened to it on the train today. Mm-hmm. My favourite thing about this album is when it finished... And my Spotify went into the radio generated from this. Yeah. And it was just like Don Henley. Right, sure. And it was, and it was loads of great MOR hits. Yes. And, you know, that's... Well, were they all hits that you knew from 1987 and loved at the time? No, do you know what? Not really. There's things that I've kind of... Yeah, you know, I mean, again, the montage stuff. Yeah, really. sure. But, you know, things that have just big tunes, soundtrack tunes and mm. things like that. And, you know, that's the problem with this record. It just doesn't doesn't have any of those. I think some of the the, the tunes are okay. I think there's a couple that I was like, yeah, that's all right. Okay. And I think maybe the, the, the main separator for me is the voice. Maybe so. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe if Huey Lewis and the News have played a couple of these tunes. Yeah. Um, Pizza and vocal, and vocal, yeah exactly the vocal had been different maybe I'd feel differently about them but sure. I've listened to this record across two days mm-hmm. having come back to work after after a Christmas break yeah there. true so maybe I'm not in the best mood <laughs> but I, I did not like this record at all no I can I can see that again I, so you're you're probably more like a 2 out of 10 uh, I mean I'm gonna I, I would take it to 3 okay just on the basis that I really like hearing hands and trying to be even-handed in any sense, you have to kind of give him the the poppet of sacrifice. Yeah, I don't love it. Yep, but I, I appreciate it. Fine. So if we're at the point then where we're deciding what song or songs to put on the playlist, healing hands without a doubt. Yeah, and to be honest, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I I don't have to put anything else on. 
if you had a strong feeling on one that I agreed with, I'd be fine putting two on, but I suspect healing hands will do. I mean, the only thing that I really, really wish mm-hmm. is that that fucking B-side was on the reissue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, like put that, that in. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, 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 put that, we'll put that on some kind of bits and shits. Yeah, of God. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any need to put Sacrifice on there. No, I don't think so. No, we're both agreed that it's a decent song, but it doesn't have to be on the podcast. It's, it doesn't add anything to it. No. Or on the playlist, rather. Uh, so back next week with Prince. Free Bridge. Graffiti Bridge. I'll be honest with you, mm-hmm. I'm a bit nervous about it. Well, it's, I'm going into it, you know, I didn't know it at the time whatsoever. So. I, I haven't owned this record or listened to this record for quite some time. Okay. Well, we shall see. It has, one one my, it has got one of my favourite ever Prince songs, on it. Well, you can tell me next week. Right, that'll do for now. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week on Pop Collaborate and Listen. ABC, yeah. Uh...